Today's episode of Welcome to the Hit Show is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. Break out the ukulele and rinse off the cats. It's episode 49 of Welcome to the Hit Show. This week's guests include Fish, the band, Fish, the animal, Ken Rosenthal, and a realization that we shouldn't need clothes because skin is already like a built-in wrapper, like like wrapping paper, not like a, you know, rapper, like musician, not like if your skin could just like flow tiny rhymes at you all day, like every hair follicle is a mouth and they all speak in a language made of hair and they're all just beefing with each other because they don't realize they're all in this together and that's why you're stressed out, but you don't know because it's too quiet for you to actually hear and you don't speak hair. Welcome to the Hit Show. Welcome to the Hit Show. Are you saying we, we don't need clothes? Is this what I'm taking from nah, it? Skin, skin is like a built-in wrapper already. Yeah, I'm kind of in favor of clothes. <laughs> just If you just want to take a moment, close your eyes, envision the people we hang out with in the Rangers Clubhouse. I don't, I don't actually Not necessarily do talking about the players you know, themselves, but maybe, maybe our media counterparts. Quarantine. During quarantine, our, maybe. Our, our media counterparts, T.R. Sullivan comes to mind, the, 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 maybe, the, you know. Just roads I don't want to go down. I, that's why I just, I mean, I'm all in favor of you expressing your feelings and emotions during this trying time, but I feel like you went a little too far with this one. And I'm trying to bring you back down with the worst possible scenario. And I love you, you. TR. I'm certain he's listening because TR's yes, big into yes. podcasts. Loves um, podcasts. Love, love you, TR, but oof, no. Clothes are, clothes are not optional. Clothes are a necessity. They are essential. Usually. Usually I'm the one that leaves you a little speechless with these sponsors and you have completely <laughs> turned the table on me this week. So well done. Thank you. Uh, so there was maybe some baseball news that kind of sort of slipped out a little bit yesterday and, and we do actually have Ken Rosenthal on later so we can ask him about this. But in the meantime, um, what, uh, give us, give us a quick breakdown of everything that we think we might yeah. know or not know. Okay. So I woke up this morning and I didn't see it yesterday. I, I guess I will. I woke up early this morning. Um, I'm just a total side note. I've joined this, um, like front office baseball running challenge group on like this Nike run app. And I've okay. become, so the challenge gets issued like every Monday and it's basically like, you know, run I, this week. It's 36 miles. And it's like the first oh one to 36 miles wins. So I'm, I'm re- stupid competitive. So I got up yesterday and I ran six miles and then somebody ran nine and I was like, Oh, hell no. So I got up this morning super early to run eight. Now I'm probably going to die in the, like in oh the meantime. And, and you know, I've got a torn meniscus that's just riding on cortisone shot right now, but my compet, I can't help it. Like I, something's, 
wrong with me. So anyway, wow. I, I tell that story, one, to explain to you why I was up so early at like 5.45 in the morning, but two, also to brag that I ran eight miles because I feel yeah. like it's a huge accomplishment and I'm not going to get to tell anyone about it. So I just want to tell you so you can tell just me. Just want to make sure you got job. out there. I just want to make was, sure. Uh, I, mean, I didn't post any pictures on you know Twitter, Instagram of my run route or anything like that, but this is my... This is my full disclosure. I'm boasting that I ran eight miles. So, well, I feel yeah, like I've I'm got a pretty honest. good handle on what baseball is doing now. So, uh, this has been good. Yes. Okay. So back to the whole thing. So what they were saying, they were floating is, and there were a couple different reports out about this that, uh, and this is what the reports said. Um, and subsequently major league baseball has issued a response. We'll get to that in just a second. But what the idea that was floated out there, was that basically all essential personnel for all teams would convene in Arizona where they would be isolated, um, quarantined basically to the point where they wouldn't come in contact with anyone else. And then we would start playing these baseball games with literally instead of the players being in the dugouts, they would be in the stands sitting, you know, six seats apart. I mean, it's, I woke up this morning, like I said, early to remember to run eight miles. And I have a text string of a bunch of uh, girls who do women who do what I do in baseball. And immediately I fired it off and said, this can't be real. Like this is asinine. Um, just because it logistically, it's, I mean, it, it went so far as to say like these players, these essential personnel, staff, whatever would, would be dealing with the possibility of not seeing their families for four and a half months for them being completely isolated for four and a half months, which would be like the longest term or whatever. Um, you know, robot umpires. So you don't have that interaction. Like it just went on and on with all of the, you know, what seemed like, totally insane, you know, scenarios. But then it went so far as to say that they had like the, not the blessing, but kind of the, the, the nod from public health officials that it might be okay. So then you're thinking, I mean, maybe this is for real, like, you know, the electronic strike zone, no mound visits, um, seven inning double headers with an earlier expected start date that would allow for a 162 game season or at least closer to it. Um, regular use of on-field, on-field mics by players as an added bonus for TV viewers. And then, you know, guys, players sitting in the stands six feet apart instead of in a dugout. I mean, it, it does sound crazy, but then you think, well, you, you start to think, well, we're in unprecedented times. I mean, at this point, they're trying to get games in. It would be a huge draw TV-wise. But I just got to thinking, my wheels started turning just logistically of, of how difficult this would be to pull off. Um, yeah. so basically that was, that was what we woke or what I woke up to this morning. And then it didn't take long, you know, a few hours for major league baseball to kind of come out and say, tap the brakes here. Mm-hmm. And well, my first thought is that, yes, there is a dome that they could play in where the, where the diamondbacks play. But if they're talking right, about, but you're talking about playing one the rest of these <laughs> spring training facilities and it's 115 right. degrees outside. That yeah. to me seems like maybe not the best. Right. And how, are, what are you going to do? Play th- 30 teams are going to play, you know, 30 teams are going to play in the Diamondback Stadium. Like that, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, you're talking about, they were right. talking about the entire baseball world convening in Arizona. So it would not be, it would not be Chase Field. It would absolutely be the, the spring training facilities. There's no doubt about yeah. that. Um, but it just seems, you're tight. 
to me, it just seemed crazy. And then I thought, well, it may seem crazy to me, but I thought this whole thing was crazy, you know, six weeks ago because I, you know, because I don't follow the news and I don't look at stuff outside of my little sports bubble. And so maybe I need to open my eyes. But the more I think about it, the more I think it's, it sounds insane. And how, so you're telling me players are going to willingly do that. I mean, I guess if you have to get, if you, if you're worried about getting paid and you're worried about getting your contract money and all that kind of stuff, you would do something desperate like that. But you know, to, to say to Mike Miner, Hey, you, you, Oh, you just had a baby. You need to leave your wife and your newborn and your two daughters, your other yeah, two daughters five months, maybe for the next five months. You know, it just seems, it, it just seems crazy and not have any, I, I don't know. I mean, and how does the players union, how do they digest that? I mean, how, you know, is it just simply a vote? And it's like, if you don't do it, you don't do it. You know, you don't get paid. It just seems like it would be a logistical nightmare. And it's one that is extremely difficult to pull off. And where are you, where are you isolating these players? What, I mean, at, at hotels yeah. and then they're going to cut. So you're, are there no maids that, that to clean the rooms, no housekeeping, no people who, who work the front desk? Like, it, you know, and I, it just doesn't. It just doesn't seem like it's a feasible option to me. And in fact, Major League Baseball, did you see their announcement? I did just see it. um, Actually, yeah. So Major League Baseball basically. So this got out, and I think word traveled pretty fast. And then Major League Baseball kind of hit the, you know, hey everybody, tap the brakes. Yeah. While we have discussed the idea of staging games at one location as a potential option, we have not settled on that option or developed a detailed plan. While we continue to interact regularly with governmental and public health officials, we have not sought or received approval of any plan from federal, state, and local officials or the Players Association. So they're not denying that that is one of the plans. Yes, that sounds like that's a pretty accurate. If it was inaccurate, I think they would have probably said also by the way we're not doing all those things um but yeah i mean basically just saying that's we haven't made that decision yet hang on and i don't think that there's i don't think there's anything wrong with exploring all your options listen we've got nothing but time right now i mean they've got nothing but time to explore all these options and but to me that one just seems relatively crazy i mean 30, I mean, can you just try, you know, quick, quick math here, but you're talking about how many essential personnel do you think would be considered for each team? Well, if umpires are not even essential personnel. Right. But still you have to think about, so we're broadcast. So the main reason of doing this, right, is to broadcast it on TV. So you're talking about a TV crew that would be a skeleton crew. You still need, I would say a minimum of 12 people to get a broadcast. And that's not even counting Dave, CJ, and myself not being there, but watching the feed and broadcasting remotely. Obviously, I would need to be there because I'm not there to do interviews with the player. You're talking about at least 12 people. I hadn't even considered the prospect of calling it remotely, but I guess that is a possibility. Yeah, I mean, we're, I mean, games get called remotely all the time. I mean, you know, I don't think they would, I mean, I think it would add to it if they were there, but you know, for me, if I can't get within six feet of a player, I mean, my job is rendered pretty much useless at that point. I mean, they can throw a headset on a guy and they can talk to Dave and CJ. I mean, I don't consider myself essential personnel. Um, The good news is you would be safe. You would be safe from any Gatorade showers. That's I a, would be, I would here. be, maybe this, the coronavirus will end the Powerade showers. Uh, but yeah, you're, but still, even without Dave and CJ, you're talking about, I would say a minimum of 12 people to bring you anything even remotely close to what you're seeing on a regular yeah. basis pro- product, product wise. So you're talking about, you know, 
at least 12 and I could be way off. I could be way low on that. I'm just trying to think yeah. in my head, like how many, you know, cameras and guys to man them and a director and a producer and a tape guy. I mean, all that kind of stuff. And then you've got, you know, 26 players. Uh, would they, I'm sure they would expand the rosters at that point. So let's mm-hmm. just call it 30. And then you've sure. got how many coaches and staff 50 to so you're look at your trainers, whatever. I'm sure they, you know, there's a number of those people that would be considered essential. 60, I would say a minimum of 60 minimum, bare minimum of 65, 70 people for per team. Yeah. So then that, and then you multiply that times 30 and it's just like, it just doesn't seem you probably 2000 people, you know, right. man, I'm good at math. Yeah. <laughs> well, fortunately for us, uh, we have a guest who is very well connected to people who are having these meetings, um, who will be able to give us a little bit more insight on what he knows it is the great Ken Rosenthal, and he is going to join us here uh, on Welcome to the Hit Show. So let's kick it over to Ken. So we are here now with Ken Rosenthal. Uh, due to the the uh, beauty of um, just time and podcasts and quarantine, Emily had to go. Uh, we were recording this a little bit later with Ken, but man, we Ken, we picked a, a great day to have you as a guest. Great for us, maybe not great for you. You might need some sleep, but, uh, you've been right in the middle of, of all of this. Can you give us a little, uh, your story just came out. I just read it. Can you give us a, a little update on, on what you know and where things stand? Yes. I don't know that things are actually much different than they were when I first wrote about the idea, I believe it was Saturday morning that baseball could play in one centralized location with no fans, likely would be Phoenix. and. It would be like a quarantine situation for everyone. Not just the players, the coaches, managers, but hotel workers, TV people, security, anybody you can think of who would be involved in this kind of thing. And they would all be in this secure environment. What has happened since is that the MLB officials and the union have started discussing it. And certainly... This plan has the support of some influential people in the government. And that's what my story says today. The government likes it for a lot of reasons. They think it can be pulled off for one thing. They also like the idea of the players kind of serving as a model for the revival of the economy, practicing social distancing by sitting in the stands six feet apart, not in the dugout next to each other, these kinds of things. And in their mind, it would be something that would be a very positive thing. And I don't know that there's any doubt that it would be positive. The question is, Levi, whether such a thing actually can be pulled off. And that is a question that a lot of people still have, including myself. And that remains to be seen in the coming days if it can be worked out. There's economic factors, perhaps. There's all kinds of things that would go into it. Um, and we'll just have to see. So let's let's look at some of the logistics of this. Um, you know, rosters possibly expanding to as many as fifty, which I had heard twenty nine or thirty, but but fifty that seems like uh, maybe some overkill. Yeah, and and uh, and the entire purpose of it being, well, you know, if somebody gets sick, then we can just have somebody else there to take their place. Well, and also you're playing in the heat in Arizona. You're playing a compressed schedule. Yeah. And this would be one way to, I guess, satisfy the union. I'm not sure exactly how it would work. 
Levi, that's an excellent question. When I heard the number, I had to go back to the source and say, is really 50? Yeah. That's even bigger than a 40-man roster. Right. But that's what I was told. And considering the minor leagues won't be playing anyway, you could probably do it. It's not no problem. But, again, this is the kind of question, and actually it's a relatively minor one, but it's the kind of thing that would need to be resolved, and I don't quite fully comprehend what the thinking would be. I mean, it sounds to me, I mean, you mentioned another one, the the heat. It's not like it's, you know, 95 degrees in Phoenix in June. It it gets up right. June and July. I mean, we're looking at 115, 120 degrees, and there's just the one dome. Um, it, it seems to me not just that this would be a logistical miracle to pull off. It kind of seems to me like if they're looking at May, it would be a logistical miracle to figure out how they're going to do it, much less put it into practice by then. And I could be underestimating yes, the, I agree. the brains behind it, but no. man, it just seems like there's so many little details. Yeah, I, I don't, the heat to me is a big issue. And frankly, it was not in my initial story because I didn't think of it. And the people I had talked to hadn't mentioned it. And a number of readers mentioned it. And I thought, hey, you idiot, how can you not have thought of that? That's a big <laughs> thing. And yeah. it is a big thing. Anybody who's been to Arizona during the summer months, it's oppressive. Now, yeah. could you play mostly at night? Sure you could. It's still really hot at night in Arizona in the summer. I don't know, maybe it's 105 degrees instead of 115, 95, who knows? It's still a significant element. Could you do some games in the morning, some games in the evening? I guess you could do that. But the essential issue is you've got Chase Field, which can host only so many games, and then you've got the rest to account for. And also, does this go on for a period of time, say six to eight weeks, and then does baseball, because maybe things have improved, start branching out into its normal stadiums, or does this have to go on the whole season? All big questions. Yeah, an exit strategy. That's a good point. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. So it's funny, Levi, when I've talked about this with some of my colleagues at The Athletic, not yourself, but others, every time I talk to them, they're like, this is ridiculous. This is crazy. And I'm like, guys, I know. I, I hear what you're saying, but it is being discussed. Right. It is something the government seems to be advocating. And from that perspective, we have to take it seriously now. All these questions are valid, but at the same time, it's just hard to know where it's going. Yeah, and under normal circumstances, um, the retort of, well, this is insane, is generally good enough. You're like, okay, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. We won't we won't do it. Now, it's like, well, yeah, but <laughs> these are uh, unprecedented times, and maybe the insane thing is what happens as we're finding out. So, yeah, you're right. We can't rule it out. That's a good way to look at it. We're in an unchartered situation in ways that are really more meaningful than baseball, of course. Right. Uncharted life and death situations, an uncharted virus, a reaction by the country we've never had to have. So because of that, we're going to see some different things. Might this be a different thing? I guess it could be, but there would have to be a lot of questions answered. I'm sure the players would have a ton of questions. Would their families be involved? That's another thing that's under discussion. Right. Now, if you're going to have this kind of environment, this safe, secure environment, and you add families to it, well, then you're adding a lot of people. So, <laughs> again, is that what baseball wants to do? It's, 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 it's not clear. 
Yeah, that's something that Emily brought up in our conversation earlier was like, you know, with the Rangers, Mike Miner just had, a, he and his wife just had a child. Are you going to ask him to leave his family behind for three, four, five months? Well, the argument would be it's this or nothing. Right. You're going to get paid or not. Um, because all the players are looking at right now, if there's no season, is that $170 million, which is divided among all of them and doesn't match their salaries in most cases, almost every case. And then you're also talking about appealing in some sense. And I'm not saying this is something I would buy into, players should buy into. I'm just laying it out there. Right. You're appealing to a patriotic sense in a way. Hey, this is good for the country. And certainly that case can be made. And I, it would be good for the country. There's no doubt. But do you put yourself in harm's way? Do you separate from your family? Your personal questions come into play. And it's not an easy decision to just say, you know what? This is great for the country. I'm going to do it. Everybody has their own particular circumstances. And everyone would have to examine that and weigh them differently. A different player might have one perspective than an, an, a, from another. And that's life, right? That's America. We all have different views and opinions and perspectives and personal situations. So, again, these are a number of issues that they're going to face and more. And we'll just have to see in the coming weeks, really, if this is actually feasible or not. The government believes, or at least certain people in the government believe, it is feasible. This plan can work. But you have to have buy-in, and you have to have everybody on board. Goodness. Well, uh, thank you for the update. I think my my original plan was to kind of get into the history of Ken Rosenthal a little bit this week, but we might have to just bring you back on the podcast sometime in a few months and do all of that because uh, baseball sort of jumped the queue and, and had big news for us today. So um, thank you for joining us. Levi, this is a heck of a lot more interesting than the history of Ken Rosenthal. It's fascinating. And... It's the job of the sport, I guess the responsibility of the sport, to look at every contingency, to explore every possible idea, even if that idea might seem preposterous to some. Now, this idea does seem preposterous to some, but if it's the only path for baseball to get back, well, obviously, they've got to take a look and a long look yeah. at it. Well, thank you for joining us this week, Ken. Uh, we will talk to you. I do have one, one personal question. This is something that I was thinking of at the, at the winter meeting. So I'll, I'll, I'll just get this one actual interview question in. Let's do it. You, uh, you do TV. You do, uh, all of these spots. You're jumping on a podcast with us. You write. You're constantly getting tech. I mean, you are the, one of, one of maybe a handful, two or three guys through which the sport kind of, uh, emanates to the public. Um, where, where is your blind spot? What don't you do so that you have time to do all of this? Is it, is it music? Is it TV? What, what, what is it that you have elected to not do so that you can do the job that you do in the way that you do it? Levi, that's a great question. It's never been asked to me quite that way, but you really frame it well. And the thing with me that I am so fortunate to have is a family that puts up with this and at this point is better equipped to absorb the blows than it was when my children were younger. They're all in their 20s now. They're all independent. My wife has always been extremely independent, not relying on me, thank goodness. And in some ways, she had to act almost as a single parent and she did an unbelievable job of it. So when you have that foundation, then you're able to do things 
and I don't know that another family would have sustained it as well, and maybe I wouldn't have been married, maybe the kids would have not been seemingly as well adjusted as they are, but that is really where it comes from. Now, what do I give up? I give up any free time. I just don't have free time. I love music, not as much as you maybe, but I love it. I I love all different genres. I follow it. I'd love to devote more time to it. Not playing it. I don't do that. But just, you know, being a fan. But really, I don't have the time to do much at all. And that's the sacrifice. But you know what? I've got great jobs. I'm lucky to have them. I'm going to ride this as long as I can. And we'll see what happens. But really, I've been blessed with a great family. And I don't know that I deserved it, but I got it. So that was Ken Rosenthal. He, uh, was, we were, we were very fortunate to get him on the, on the podcast today. We battled through a little bit of connection issues. We had a couple of stop starts and he, uh, he stuck it out. So thanks to Ken for joining us. Thanks to you guys for still listening, even though there's no baseball. Um, maybe there will be at some point in the near-ish future, or maybe they don't want people playing in 120 degrees. We'll find out. But for now, uh, with, with no Ken and no Emily, I'm left here all alone in my house. So I have to be the one to say later, taters. We'll see you next week. Bye.